0: You the real MVP. Welcome to episode 33 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite or least favorite topics, depending on the day. Um, MVP candidacy. This time, I will be talking about the 2021 NBA MVP hierarchy. Um... Yeah, the NBA season has been, you know, a unique one, a weird one. Obviously, with, you know, COVID going on, you know, no fans and so on and so forth. Um, even though, like, the the NBA went and had an entire all-star weekend down in Atlanta. Because, you know, the money. But, um, yeah, there's been quite a few storylines. Like, I'm not as into it as I usually am because of everything that's going on. It's hard to get into these games. And... To a degree, a lot of the games kind of look the same. It's just kind of running up and down, gunning threes, and like the defensive effort isn't always there. That's not to say there isn't plenty of good games. That's not to say that the NBA is bad, because it's not. It's still entertaining. It's just not my speed. And I and I, I didn't even mention the part that grinds my fucking gears the most, and that is the how the offensive players are officiated these days. Like at least twice a week, I see an NBA an NBA player, an offensive player, pump fake, jump into defend, uh, jump into the defender, elbow the defender, you know, in the higher extremities, you know, throat, neck, whatever, face, so on and so forth, and that player gets called for a blocking foul. I don't. Understand why the NBA offensive players are given as much freedom as they are at this point. Everything is a foul. You know, the ref baiting is on ten, and I mean to be fair, like there, there are, there, there aren't that many egregious ref baiters in the league. And again, mind you, like I'm not criticizing said ref baiters because they're just doing what they can to get to get free throws. Because the referees are giving them out like candy, so why not, right? But, yeah, the, it's just too much. Like, watch Trey Young play basketball one time. Like, he's the worst of the of the referees, in my opinion. Like the, the all the hostage dribbles that lead, lead to him falling to the ground, you know, all the the unnatural basketball plays that lead to him jumping into defenders. All of that. it it's it's not great, and to me, that is the single worst part about the sport the talent has the talent level has never been higher never never in my life the talent level has never been higher like we're about to get into this uh mvp discussion and like james harden and J- and damian lillard aren't even in my top 5 as far as mvps go that's kind of that that kind of underscores how insane the talent is that's no diss to them there's a lot of dudes you could argue as far as top five, it took me a while to narrow it down, quite frankly, but the talent level in the NBA has never been higher. So like I, I just wish the referees and the rules were just a little bit better. Now, this is precisely why playoff basketball, to me, is just more entertaining. Obviously, you know, the games actually mean something because we, we can say whatever we want. 82, well, in this case, what, 72 this year? Like 72, these games don't mean nothing. Like, yes, they might mean something to, like, the Knicks. You know, shout out to the Knicks. You know, they're having a good season and all that, because they're trying to get into the playoffs. It might mean something to what the Nuggets, I guess, because like they're 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 twenty one or fifteen, but in the West that can that can change quickly. Blah blah blah. But for the most part, these games don't mean shit. So, but but playoff basketball, like, you know, the strategy, the the effort level and, you know, how the games are officiated just makes them better. But anyway, now that I have spent five minutes airing grievances with the NBA, I will get into my MVP candidates. Um, Number five, I'm going from five to one. Number five, I got Steph Curry. I understand the Warriors are only one game over 500, right? And I get that that typically isn't something that you reward with MVP votes. And I'm not saying to give the man first place MVP, MVP votes. I, all I'm saying is, to me, he has been a top five player in the league this year. He's averaging 30 points, five rebounds, six assists. He's shooting 41% from three on 10 threes a game. And mind you, the 41% from three would be a career low, which is... which makes no sense whatsoever, g- given how high a volume shooter Steph is. But that is why he's the best shooter of all time. Um... Yeah, and I mean the Warriors, the Warriors are competent for two reasons: Steph and Draymond. And Draymond, Draymond couldn't score in double digits if you put him on a fucking court by himself with nobody around. And that's no disrespect to Draymond's game because I like Draymond's game. I appreciate all the things that he brings to the team. But when that is your clear-cut second-best player, and your team is still above water and looks good at times quite frankly and you know obviously they're kind of inconsistent hence they're 19 and 18 or 500 but the only real reason that team is above water is Steph if not for Steph only God knows where they would be so to me that's enough to reward him with um, a top 5 designation in this um, hierarchy and I expect his great play to continue quite frankly um number 4 I got LeBron James. I know this is going to be controversial for some and I know how much of a lightning rod LeBron is as a topic. You know, if you've ever been on the internet at all and and stumbled into a LeBron post, you see the LeBron the LeBronians versus everybody else. And the thing with LeBron is everybody feels some kind of way about him. Like, I love the guy. I'm not going to passionately argue about him. I'm past that stage of my life. But everybody feel like, nobody is indifferent towards LeBron James. Like, they love him or they hate him. Either way, those threads are interesting. Uh, about About LeBron on the court, I mean, there isn't a lot to be said here that hasn't already been said, you know, year 18, I don't really care about about the fact that he's in year 18, LeBron could be 26 doing the same stuff, and I would be saying the same stuff about his MVP candidacy, like he's been amazing, 26, 8, and 7, his team is 24 and 13, you know, he's been incredible on the defensive end, albeit not in the traditional way that you think about it, like the man on man, you know, lock up, even though he's still good at that when he wants to be but he's been more of the rover guy, the free safety guy this year for the Lakers and it's working. Like the Lakers defense has been amazing and he has been amazing on that end of the floor. And also the the discourse around the Lakers recent losing streak was so stupid by the way. Like oh this this is why it's like you had people legitimately saying this is why this is why AD is the most valuable player on the team and it's like look, I'm not trying to take anything away from Anthony Davis, he's incredible. He's one of the best big men in the history of the league and one of the best big men in the game today. Not, not, Please do not construe this as me taking away from Anthony Davis. But if you put LeBron on the team, Anthony Davis is out, and Dennis Schroeder is also out, who the hell else is going to create opportunities for anybody, for themselves, for other people, anybody on that team? So now you're asking LeBron to create everything for everybody. And let me tell you, LeBron is great. He's amazing. Still the best player of basketball for my money. He is 36 years old. He saves those kind of efforts for the postseason. He can't can't bring it like that every night. It wouldn't make sense to. This is not 2009 anymore. The man's not 24. Like, it would not make sense for him to bring it every night on that level. Because ultimately... Again, citing what I said earlier, regular season games don't mean all that much, especially to somebody like to, to a team like the Lakers. They're in it for one reason. To 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 win their final game in June. That's it. That's it. So yeah, I don't know. You you, you take away the other two guys who could create shots on that team for other people and themselves. I'm not exactly sure what you expected. Like that whole conversation was really, really fucking stupid. But yeah, I mean LeBron is what he is. The the Lakers the, the Lakers can barely um, survive the minutes that he play that he does not play, that he's off the floor. And he's been incredible. No no, no if, ands, or buts. I mean, the the year eighteen stuff is definitely gonna play in the media because they love narratives with their M V P stories. Hence why Derek Rose won the two thousand eleven MVP and hence why Alan Iverson won the two thousand one MVP and hence why Kobe won the two thousand eight MVP. They love stories. They love narratives. Like narratives Play a big part in the in, in um in these awards. Just flat out, like you had Ramona Shelburne, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, basically admit no, not basically she admitted as such last year when she was talking about um LeBron and why she voted for him and you know how Kobe's death affected the Lakers, which I thought was a disgusting angle, quite frankly. But that's another story for another day. Um. How the Kobe the Kobe angle affected them and this, that, and the third and all the pressure in L.A. Whatever else. You, I don't remember all that she was that she was saying, but the Kobe part stuck with me. Um, but yeah, the NBA voters love their narratives. They do. And I'll touch on that more when I get to number three on my list, who is Giannis Antetokounmpo. The funny thing about Giannis, he has won the MVP twice, right? Last year, he won it. I believe he won it the year before. Or do you? He's won it twice. Whatever. Um, and he's gotten zero MVP traction this year. None. Like I mean, this is voter fatigue to a T. And I'm again. I'm not even saying he should finish first. I think there's a. I think there's a clear. You no, know, after number one in my list, I think you could argue number two through five in however many ways you want. Right. But Giannis is averaging 29, 12, and six. Like that's insane, and it's basically what he did last year, and the Bucks are good still. Like it's not even like the Bucks are bad. Like I know the Bucks had their little struggle where I think they lost six straight or whatever, and I think that coincided with Drew Holiday being out, you know, due to health restrictions. But ultimately, like he's averaging 29, 12 and six, still in like thirty two minutes a night, and the Bucks are twenty two and fourteen. So the fact that he's getting zero MVP pub. Tells you what you need to know about narratives because they're tired of voting for the guy, and and also last year's playoffs to me didn't help because I feel like uh, the Bucks have a reputation now as just the regular season team, which I, I don't know if that's fair or not. I can't tell you. I, I think the Bucks ran into a poor matchup and lost. That's what happened. Like I have, I have my qualms about um, Mike Budenholzer and, you know, how he uses Giannis and just how he coaches in fucking general. What's he doing? Why after? would he do that? He's a jackass. <laughs> Giannis is having a great season and should be recognized as such. Given how we typically consume MVP, it's not really about who's number one or number two. I mean, it is, but, but you know, we we give love to guys like Dame who might be, like, you know, fourth or fifth or whatever, depending on what you like and what you prefer. We give love to guys like that, and Giannis is the same guy he has always been. And as I said, I think it's fatigue. Like Miami, if if Miami didn't beat them in the bu- like, let's say in an alternate universe, the Bucks get to the finals last year, and they, you know, the Lakers still win or whatever. They win in six or whatever. Like I, I fully believe, if that had happened the way that way, I believe that Giannis would be getting more MVP support now, which doesn't make any sense because the MVP is a regular season award. But NBA, NBA MVP voters pick and choose what angle they want to go with and how they want to do it pretty much every year. You know sometimes wins and losses is the thing. sometimes it's not. Sometimes averaging a triple double is the thing. sometimes it's not like they, they just pick they, they pick and choose what they want when they want to. hence why we're here. and hence why we're talking about narratives because narratives is important. That's why a lot of people think LeBron is going to win the award. Because he has the the year eighteen in specific. Because I you cannot turn a Laker game on without hearing that LeBron is in year eighteen at least ten times in that ten is a lot. At least five times in that particular game. Whenever he does anything, year eighteen, year eighteen, year eighteen. Like I get it, but damn, we we know. Like we ain't living in a cave. Like we know he's in year eighteen. But yeah, I mean. Ultimately, narratives do play a part in this, and I feel like the narrative favors LeBron, and I feel like the narrative does not favor Giannis, hence why I'm here talking about it, because Giannis's season is not getting the pub that it should. We are almost bored by Giannis at this point. And, I mean, that happens to a lot of superstars, to be fair. That happens to a lot of superstars. Voter fatigue also happens to a lot of superstars. I mean, Michael Jordan only had five. LeBron only has four. I mean... And It happens. I I don't understand how Steve Nash has to. That's that's one of those things that'll always escape me. Right? And as great as he was, I don't understand how he was the one who got two MVPs. But that's a, that's another topic for another podcast. Um, yeah, I, voter fatigue happens. Like we're we're here with Giannis. We're we're tired, quote unquote, tired of Giannis. Like yo, go out there and win. Like we don't care about regular season stuff, even though we're talking about a regular season award. So. Yeah, do with that whatever you will. Okay, so I done spent a lot of time talking about Giannis. Okay, so on to number two, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, watching Joel Embiid is an experience, let me tell you, because his big seven two ass should not be moving like that. He should not be hitting step back. Like, if, if, if you're playing against the Sixers, it's the first quarter, you know, Sixers up by 12, whatever. Joel Embiid hits two step-back jumpers on you. What are you supposed to do besides wrap it up? Like, if he's in step-back jumpers, it's a wrap. You can't do nothing with his ass if he's in two jumpers. If he's in, um, excuse me, if he's in step-back jumpers. There's nothing to do with him. Nothing. He's averaging 30, 11, and 3 on 52, 42, 86 shooting splits, and the Sixers are 24 and 12. He's having an absolutely insane season. And it says a lot about the NBA and where we are that Embiid is having that season. And A, you could argue he isn't the best at his own position. And B, you can credibly make an argument that he is an MVP. That's insane. He's having a season for the ages. Like, he's almost hitting 50-40-90. He's a center. That's insane. Like, he nothing but, but respect for Embiid. I mean, the only the thing when you get to MVP conversations, you pick nits because, I mean, we're talking about five very, very great players, right? So you're picking nits and the, the, the nits you pick help determine the difference between X and Y and A and B and so on and so forth. The East is terrible. Don't get me wrong. Joel Embiid could be in the West, and he still wouldn't be number one on my on my list based on what I know and based on what the numbers say. But the East is awful. It is. It is. The, the, does that dock Embiid a couple of points? Maybe, but not so much in my opinion. But again, if you're going to separate these players, you've got to pick something. And Embiid being in the East is the something I choose to pick. Although I just don't feel like he has been as good as the guy who I'm about to mention as number one. And for me, the NBA MVP right now is Nikolai Jokic. Look, he is averaging. Let's look at his entire season. I'm going to give you all of the relevant numbers, right? And um, Jokic is averaging 27 points a game, eighth, eighth in the NBA. He's averaging eleven rebounds a game, which is eleventh in the NBA. He's averaging eight point six assists per game, which is seventh in the NBA. He's averaging one point six steals per game for the for the fuck of it. That's sixth in the NBA. He has a thirty one point five PR. That's first in the NBA. He has a six fifty two true shooting percentage. That's ninth in the NBA. He has a he has a six zero nine effective field goal percentage. That's thirteenth in the NBA. He has 6.5 offensive win shares. That's first in the NBA. He has 1.9 defensive win shares. That's sixth in the NBA. He's first in BPM. He's first in VORP. Like, basic stats, advanced stats, eye test. Whatever you want to bring to me, and Nikola Jokic has been the best player in the NBA this year. And his team is 21-15. to So, I, they, they were struggling early. You know, they moved Michael Porter to the four and they've been pretty good since. So we can't even use the team record against him anymore. Like his team is 21-15. They're playing well. They're they're fifth in the Western Conference. And Jokic is just having a legitimate historic season. I just read off all the numbers he's first in a lot of stuff. He he's averaging 27-11 and 9, bro. 27-11 and 9. And he's a big man. And he he is one of the most fun players in the NBA to watch. He's 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 amazing. The guy the guy is just amazing. There's not a lot to say about Nikola Jokic, and, and quite frankly, like given how I how lukewarm I am towards the NBA as a whole for mentions i for reasons I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's amazing how many games that I've spent how many times I've spent um, up. You know, twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning, watching Jokic play because he's he's a a treat to watch, and he he's also he's shooting fifty seven percent from the field, forty two percent from three, and eighty eight percent from the line to boot. To me, Jokic, for my money, Nikola Jokic has been the best player in the NBA, and. As such, I think right now he is your NBA, NBA MVP. Obviously, a lot of things can change between now and the end of the season, but I I don't feel like Jokic is getting the due he deserves because a lot of the MVP conversation I see at this moment is around LeBron and around Embiid. At least with Embiid, you if you squint hard enough, you can argue that he has been better than Jokic or more valuable than Jokic, depending on whatever your subjective meaning of value is. When, it, when you compare LeBron to Jokic, it's like, what is the argument here? LeBron's team is like two games better than Jokic's team. Jokic has just been better across the board. I'm not sure what exactly the argument would be for LeBron over Jokic outside of, well, he's old. And I'm not trying to minimize LeBron's season to, to like other people do because he's a legitimate candidate. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not quite sure how I'm hearing LeBron and Embiid all the time. And Jokic, I'm not really hearing about, even though Jokic has clearly been better than LeBron. I'm not sure how that works. But as I said, narrative. Jokic is not the guy who, he's not the flashy guy. Like, he's not talked about a lot. He plays in Denver. A lot of us don't see him that often because, you know, we got to sleep and shit. So ultimately, he doesn't get the kind of pub that other guys do. Like, he, he's not going to do flashy shit on the court for the most part. Like, he he's a great passer. That's probably the most fun part of his game. But he's not going to jump over you. He's not he's not, he's not not going to beat his chest and yell. He's not going to do any of that shit. He's not going to get the kind of pub that LeBron would get or Dame would get or Steph would get, so on and so forth. He's not flashy in that way. And thus, I feel the narratives might play against him. If this continues... Because as of right now, I expect Embiid to win the MVP. If it continues the same way it's going from here to the end of the year but I, I feel like Jokic Jokic would have to do something absurd in my opinion to actually win the MVP based on what I know about how voters vote he'd have to do something pretty ridiculous like you know, win 20 straight games or you know, have like 10 straight triple doubles or something stupid like that for him to win MVP either way, as of today Jokic is my MVP And that is all for me. Um, Thank you for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. And I will see you when I see you. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am.